Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Glendale Road Church of Christ podcast. You're welcome to join us anytime you're around. We are at 1101 Glendale Road in Murray, Kentucky. We meet for worship every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., followed by our Bible study at 10 a.m., and we come back every Sunday evening for a bonus worship hour at 6 p.m. Also, every midweek on Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have a Bible study. You'd be welcome to join us. We'll be sure to save a seat for you. Now, here's this week's sermon. This morning's scripture can be found in the Pew Bible, 1855. It's coming from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 through 25. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass, the grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. Good morning. Uh, about a month or so ago, um, we, we get information sometimes that Stephen is gonna be out and usually that means that Gary and I um, will be up to speak, and, and I just thought this would be a great opportunity for me to ask the elders for our C20 group, our co young college students, to be able to, to speak. Um, and so I asked the elders, and they were so gracious and kind to say yes, but this is also the first time that we've asked to be able to speak on a Sunday morning. And I know that one of the reasons that they did say yes to us is because of the name that they saw uh, on the list that I gave them, and that being the name of Lucas Medley. Um, about four years ago, a wonderful young couple came to our group um, and to our church here, um, Josie Erdman and Lucas Medley. A lot of you have had the opportunity to meet them. They sit right back over here in, in this little section here. Most college students, when they come, they'll, they'll come and they'll sit with us, and we love that, and we love having them but Josie and Lucas decided early on that they wanted to try to get to know the church. Um, and and I, I found that to be very impressive in both of them. Um, and not only that, um, Lucas has just had a fire to want to serve. Um, he helped me, along with uh, several others, come up with this idea and this program of us being able to travel around to different congregations out in the community and to speak. And Lucas has always been one of the first to step up and say that he wanted to speak. And I just can't say enough about him. He's just an amazing young man. You will see that if you haven't met him before. Um, he, he's on fire for the Lord. And I just want to say this. A lot of times people come up to me and say, you're doing a great job with the young people, with our college group. I just want to say it takes amazing young people to, to, to do this job at all and, and, and to do this work. And... They came in at a time um, when we were kind of going through a transition and they stood up and decided to be leaders. And so I am just so thankful for him and I know you'll, you'll come up after uh, his sermon today and just say hello and how proud you are of him because it's hard to stand up here and especially on Sunday mornings to speak in this way. So, Lucas. Um, I wanna start off this morning by just saying thank you to the congregation and the eldership for allowing me to come up here and do this. It just it means so much to my faith to be able to, to study this lesson and then to be able to come up here and present it to you and to serve God in this capacity. So, as I start this morning, I'm going to be reading a quote from Lily Tomlin. She once said, The trouble with a rat race is that even if you win, you're still a rat. 
I, uh, I'd say starting sometime around middle school or high school, we start to make our own decisions and we start to set our own priorities in our life. Whether that's, um, are we going to play sports? Are we going to be a part of, the, part of this friend group or that friend group? Whatever it is, at this point in our life, we're, we're becoming more independent. We're no longer just doing what our parents have asked us to do. And for the next couple of years, we start to decide what we're going to do for our career, whether that's we go to college after high school or we, we jump straight into the workforce. Whatever it is, we're making these huge decisions that is going to affect our entire future at this point in time in our life. And it's at this time that our life really gets started. And if we're lucky, 60, 70 years later, it comes to an end. And it's uh, somewhere in the middle there that we decide who we are in this life, what impacts we're going to have on the world, and what we're going to leave behind once we're gone. And in today's, today's society, in today's world, we, uh, way too often we get so focused on um, trying to beat those around us and be more successful and try to meet the world's standards of success that we lose focus of our true purpose. So this morning, as I'm, as I'm up here, I'm going to be going over three points. Uh, my first point this morning is going to be how our faith is our number one priority. My second point is going to be talking about how through trials our faith should be strengthened. And my third point is going to be how our life should be a devotion to our faith and God. So as I jump into my first point this morning, I want to discuss Paul's life and how he set his faith as his number one priority. We all know that at Paul, before him being renamed the Apostle Paul, was known as Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus was a very devout Jew. He, he was well on his way to becoming rabbi. And if we were to, to look at Paul's life um, in, in today's world, we could see him as an up-and-coming politician or a man that is going to take over CEO of a big company. We would see him as someone of great power. And despite his, his success as Saul and um, being known by the Jews of, as one of the most highest and respectable positions that you could have in Jewish faith, Paul always set his eyes on the Lord and put his faith in God. And from the time Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, he didn't let his faith waver. He knew that his number one priority was his faith in God. So if you will, go ahead and turn with me to First uh, Peter chapter 1 this morning. And you, uh, go ahead and put a bookmark there because we'll be going back and forth to different scripture, but we'll be returning to First Peter chapter 1. Here Peter is writing about, or he's writing to the pilgrims of the dispersion, and he's telling them of our, in heavenly, our heavenly inheritance, and he's telling them how we are supposed to live before God. Um, verse 7 reads, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter is telling us that the number one thing in our life is our, is our faith. And he's telling us that it is more important than any precious metal in this world. Even today, we still look at gold as one of the most precious things you can have in this world. And we would, we would rank it right there with our careers and everything, our, our house, our car. And right here, Peter is telling us that our faith is the most important thing to us. I know we've all heard this before, but nothing you store up in this world or you build is going to go with you once you're gone. You might say, but Lucas, how am I going to pay for that car with my faith? How am I going to pay for my mortgage with my faith? And you, you have a point. We have to be able to provide for our families. We have to be able to um, feed our families. But what I'm talking about 
is that Jesus Christ has paid the ultimate debt of our sins whenever He went to the cross and died and rose three days later. If you will, read with me um, verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Whether you're becoming the best doctor or CEO, um, whatever it is, it's great and all. You're going to make a lot of this money, but you're still not going to be able to afford your salvation. Only one path leads to eternal salvation, and that's the path of your faith. So this morning I've established that our faith should be our number one priority. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't put anything above our faith, and our faith is more precious than silver or gold or anything that we can do in this life. But what I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you that it's always going to be easy to have faith. We're going to face trials. And in verse 6 we read, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. We read here that the pilgrims of the dispersion were going through some sort of trials. And we know from history that these, these uh, Christians were being drugged out of their house. They were being persecuted. They were being stoned. And they were being killed just because they had faith in Christ. They, they believed in God. And we too are going to go through some sort of trials. No, thankfully in the country we live in today, we're not going to be drugged out of our house. We're not going to be killed for our faith. But we're still going to face trials. Whether that's um, our car breaking down on the way to work and it just putting us in a bad state of mind for the rest of the day and we can't, we can't be the example of Christ that He's called us to be or maybe it's something a lot worse where a family member or a loved one's passed away and it just it puts us in a dark place and we're not able to, to focus on God like we should. Whatever it is, we're also going to go through some kind of trials. Well, the Bible gives a great example of a man that went through some trials. His name is Job. If you will, go ahead and turn over to, uh, to Job with me. We know that Job was a, he was a very wealthy man. He was very blessed by God. He had all sorts of livestock. He had uh, various um, crops. And he had this huge family. And he was just very blessed by God. We also know that, that Satan, he, he, um, he believed that Job's faith was only in God because he was so blessed. And he wanted to test Job's faith. So as, um, as I read verses 13 through 20, if you will, go ahead and follow along with me. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and took them away, Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshipped. I couldn't imagine losing everything that God had blessed me with and everything that I built up in my life all at once. Um, we, we continue to read Job and see how Satan began to attack his health. Satan was doing everything he could to strip Job down and to test his faith. Um, 
Tyler, I, let me ask you, but if all of a sudden everything you had built up in this world and your family was gone, the snap of the fingers, would you be able to do, would your first reaction be to hit your knees and start to worship? No. And I don't think, I know mine wouldn't, and I don't think the rest of ours would be that. But as we read Job, we see how he continuously had faith in God. Yes, he, he, was, he was raged and he, was, he didn't know what was going on, but he had a constant communication with God and he put his faith in God. Because of his faith, God continued to bless Job and blessed him with twice as much as he had had before. We can also look at, at Paul's life and um, all the trials that he went through. Paul was, he was shipwrecked, he was imprisoned, he was beaten and stoned. And at the end of it, what did he receive? He was beheaded. And Paul went through more trials and hard times in his life than hopefully any of us will ever have to go through. But even though Paul went through such awful things, he consistently put his faith in God. And Job continue, I mean, Paul continuously picked himself up and continued on. And just as with everything in our life, we're going to be, we're going to be knocked down. We're going to be just put on our backs by Satan in the world. And if we aren't willing to get up and brush ourselves off and continue on, then we're never going to learn from our trials and our failures. In the same manner, how we respond to these trials is going to determine who we are as Christians. I can guarantee you that the devil will do anything he can to put us on our backs and to keep us there. If you will, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 8 reads, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The world is constantly going to be doing one of two things. It's either going to be beating you down and, and stripping you of all your faith and, and telling you that all this Bible nonsense isn't going to get you anywhere in life, or it's going to be, it's going to be welcoming you in, it's going to it's going to show you all these great things you could be a part of, all these, all these fun things in life you could do, whether that's going to parties or um, being a part of some kind of addiction. Whatever it's doing, it's going, to, it's going to allow you to have comfort in whatever sin you're living in in this life. And don't get me wrong, it will. It most definitely will. But it's also going to lead you to hell straight with it. And... Just as Peter said in chapter 5, we have to stay vigilant. Our minds, our minds have to be set on God or else the devil is going to, to uh, open his arms to us and he's going to grab onto us. And once he gets those hooks into us, it can be very hard to get, up, to get away from him. And back to verse, 1 Peter chapter 1, in verses uh, 13 through 15, we read, Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you must also be holy in all your conduct. At the end of the day, we have two options. We can either turn towards the world and put our faith in that, or we can put our faith in the God that sent his son to die on the cross. I can promise you that only one of these, these um, decisions is going to lead to eternal salvation. So this morning I've, um, I've talked about two points so far. I've told you about how our priority should be the number one. Our priority should be faith and how nothing is greater than 
um, our faith in our life. Nothing of this world can be um, better than our faith. And then I went on to tell you about how our faith should be strengthened through the trials that we go through. And that if we're not willing to, to get up and, and push the devil away, then we're never going to grow in our faith. So as I, as I come to my, uh, my third point this morning, I'm going to be talking about how our life should be a, a devotion to our faith in God. And so to start this point, I want to ask you, what does it mean to have faith in God? Well, if you will, turn over to James chapter 2 with me. I'm reading verses 14 through 17. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith isn't something we can just say we have. We have to, we have to live out faith in our life. Um, I can promise you that if you truly understand what Christ did on the cross for you and the sacrifice he made for you, then it's going to be impossible for you to just sit idle in your faith. Because of our faith in God, we should constantly be trying to demonstrate our faith. Through, that's through serving God and through having works for Him. So now the question arises, how do we demonstrate our faith to God? So if you will, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1 with me. Verses 17 through 19 reads, and if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges, judges according to each one's works, conduct yourselves throughout the time here of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of the Lamb with, without blemish and without spot. Here Peter tells us again that we're going to be, we're going to be judged for the works that we have here while we're on earth, but... What he's not saying, he's not saying that if we, let's say we, we mow the grass every day at church or we're always at the door to, to open it or we're in the back working, he's not saying just because you do these works you're going to go to heaven. No, he's saying that our, our service to God should be a product of our faith in God. And as we, as we go throughout this life, we have, to, we have to, as we have faith, we are going to want to serve God. Um, for those of you that you don't know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student at Murray State, and like most students that are in college, or at least I hope, I want to get a job after college. And one of these things that you have to do in order to get a job is you have to build a resume. Well, you can't just, can't just fill this resume up with a bunch of words about yourself if they aren't true. So one of the things I do is I, I join these clubs. Um, I, I try to work hard in my classes so I can have a good GPA. Um, I'm going throughout the community to community service, all so I can just put it on this one piece of paper and so for 15 to 20 minutes, I can talk in front of a, an interviewer and, and tell them about my life and tell them who I am. Well, unfortunately, God doesn't care about all these things that I put on this piece of paper. But what he does care about and what we will be judged for one day is the things that we do in this life for our faith. If we, if we get down to it, God is going to be judging us for how we serve in our faith. And the second, ver the second half of verse 17 talks about fear. We know that Peter isn't talking about respect when he says fear. Um, we know that Peter isn't talking about being scared when he says fear. He's talking about respect. And it can be hard to show God the respect that he deserves. 
I can tell you that showing God respect isn't just, um, it's not going to your work in the middle of the week and cussing up a storm with your buddies. It's not um, staying out super late on Saturday nights and then not wanting to get up to go to church on Sundays. And it's definitely not coming into the building and then falling asleep in the pew. Um, we're all guilty of it. I, I can tell you that several times I've, I've sat there and dozed off. And then uh, you can ask Stephen because I've started to open my eyes and he's staring right at me. So, I mean, it happens. Um, but when we do these things, we're telling God that what we have going in our own life is more important than what he's called us to do. And um, I can tell you that I'm really bad about putting things of this world in front of what God has asked me to do. If, I, if it's a week where I have a couple tests coming up or I've got some homework, um, it's really easy for me to set my Bible to the side and to not focus on reading the scripture like he's asked me to do. It's easy for me to put my faith on the back burner. And um, I'm very thankful to have people at this church and have made friends at this church like um, off the top of my mind, Miss Marilyn and Mr. Joe and Miss Karen, they're, they're great examples of how we can serve God through our faith. And I'm, I'm also very thankful for the C20 um, class where it's a bunch of young college students that come together and we can just support each other and we can grow our faith and strengthen our faith together. I'm very thankful for Josie. She's, she's constantly talking to me about how our relationship should be focused on God and how we should be um, living for Him. A couple months ago, I spoke on a similar topic in, um, in our classroom, in our C20 class, and I went around the room and I asked everyone how they planned on serving God through their faith. And some people said that they wanted to, to go on mission trips when they got older. They wanted to go out and serve the community around us. And then others said that they wanted to be great moms to their children. And they wanted to raise their children up in a, a godly household. But at the end of the day, there was, there was an overall theme to their answer. They, they wanted to be a light to the world. And uh, most of us have probably heard this song, Let Your Light Shine. And even though it can seem silly at times, it's exactly what we as Christians should be doing in the world. We are not, we can be, sorry. We, get, we get so focused on the things that are going on around us and trying to keep up with others that we can easily forget to let our light shine throughout the world. Now let's read 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. The word of God isn't something that's just going to go away. It says here that the Word of God lives and abides forever. That being said, our faith has to live and abide in this Word. If you will, go ahead and turn over with me to Galatians. Here Paul is writing to the church of Galatia, and in verse 8 through 10 he says, But then indeed, when you did not know, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage. It could not have been said better than how Paul said it right here. We have been born into a higher purpose. We, I mean, way too often we, we go out into the world and we, we focus on all these worldly things, but and we forget that we as Christians have been born with this higher purpose, where our faith should be the priority of our life and, and our service to God should be at the forefront of our minds. So this morning, so far, I've I've talked to you about how our faith should be the priority of our life. I've talked to you about how as we go throughout this life, we're going to face trials and we're going to, we're going to strengthen our faith through these trials. I've talked to you now about how our life should be a devotion to our faith in God. And to, as, I, as I close this lesson, I want to read 1 Peter 
um, chapter 1, verse 24. Verse 24 reads, Because all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as the flowers of the grass, the grass withers, and its flowers falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Don't get confused along life, along, along life's way. We aren't here to play some game of life, and, and like Lily Tomlin said, um, at the end of the day, we're all still just a rat. So, we are here to love God with the, and serve Him with a faithful heart. I challenge you as, as we go throughout this week, whether you're going back to school or you're going back to work, whatever it is, I challenge you that you let your light shine and you let your faith be known. And if this morning your faith isn't your number one priority in your life, it's about time we get some things figured out. If this morning you have yet to, to um, start your walk of faith with God, I, I, I urge you, please come talk to me or one of the elders that is going to be standing down here this morning because we all think we have plenty of time until, until we don't, and then it's eternally too late. So if that's you this morning, don't sit there and talk yourself out of it. I, uh, I urge you to come as we stand and as we sing.